Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And we're inviting you to a lady date, a place to connect, speak openly, and learn from each other's experiences. Today's podcast is all about job titles, what they mean, and whether they really matter. All right. Hi, everybody. So we have a very special guest with us today. We have Lisa Datka. She is a director of marketing for an education company. And Jess and I know her because we worked with her previously. Uh, She was actually our manager um, at the first company we worked um, at together. So um, Lisa, thank you so much for being here. We're excited to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here with you guys. Yeah, we can't wait to talk to you and um, learn a little bit more about your input on this topic. Um, But before we get started, one other thing to note is because we worked with Lisa, we actually both had an opportunity to travel with her. And so we have had multiple trips together. um, And Lisa and I actually even beyond that, worked at another company together. So we have visited all kinds of fun cities in the United States and beyond. Um, Most recently, we were all in London together before COVID happened. So that brings us to the topic of our icebreaker. If you could live anywhere for a year, where would you live? Hmm. It's such a tricky question now that it's cold in Portland because now all I want is a beach. <laughs> all right. I figured we would have to do something travel related because of the fact wow. that we had all traveled together, but also because we can't really travel right now. So it felt nice to dream. <laughs> I would pick, um, I think I would choose Copenhagen. I traveled there a couple of years ago with my husband and my mom and loved it. Everyone was so nice. It was so clean. Everyone was so friendly. Um, The food was so-so for a a vegan, but it was, we just loved it. We had such a great time exploring and definitely wish we would have more time there. I was just so taken aback by you'd go into cafes and people would leave their babies sleeping in their baby carriages outside the cafe because like, that's how safe it was. So like, this would be a pretty Whoa. cool place to live. Yeah. I'm like, wait, your baby's out there. So <laughs> just very um, trusting, very totally. safe. Yeah. And that was, it was great to be able to just walk down the street and have everyone just be super nice and super friendly and feel really comfortable there. Great answer. Sarah, what about you? I would do, I think I would live in Barcelona. If it was just a year, I know the language well enough. I think I would pick it up a lot better if I was there. And then the weather's great. It's still, you know, big city. So there's a lot to do. Food's awesome beaches there and then all the architecture is just so cool and interesting i think it'd be really cool i would love that okay well i will not be with you all over in europe um i actually would pick panama um i visited there um on a backpacking trip after i graduated from college and was able to 
see kind of like I came from Costa Rica and went over to Panama. So I got to see a bunch of different parts of Panama. And there are so many islands that are just like right off of the main land area. And it's just like tropical and beautiful. There is like a very neat kind of um, contrast of old Panama City and what looks like it could essentially be like Miami because there's just like skyscrapers in Panama City next to old ruins of buildings that used to exist there from tons of years ago. I don't even know how long ago, but um, that would be the place. And also because I feel like I would get back into speaking Spanish more regularly, but um, it's just a really neat country uh, and really neat place. So that's where I'd go for a year. Yeah. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Especially mm-hmm. right now, as, it's, yeah. as you said, there is so cold. <laughs> yeah. Any of those yeah. sound good. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, just being able to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So let's start by talking about what's in a name. So we're here to talk about job titles, uh, what we've experienced, and especially how that's how that's looking this year. All three of us have started new jobs this year and have had, you know, very recent experience with what a title means to us. So I would love to hear what your most recent experience has been and what your title negotiation or relationship was like. Sure. So, yeah, I started um, a new job. I got the offer the week that we went into lockdown. So (laughs) that was an interesting experience. Um, I started a couple of weeks later, but for me, it was a little bit different maybe than, than your experience. I found out about this job because of a former supervisor that I had worked for in a previous company. He had been talking to me about a potential opportunity on his team. And we had just had those conversations going for a while. And it just kind of all uh, happened to happen right before COVID. And, and the, you know, I knew that the ti- what the title was, Director of Marketing, when we were talking about the role. And when he gave me the job offer, he, he actually said, so it's Director of Marketing. Are you okay with that? Like titles, there aren't really a thing in our company. And I, I knew that because I trust him. So for me, I didn't feel like I needed to negotiate it. Also, because I knew that the role I was taking on, I would have complete ownership of marketing for the childcare business unit that I oversee for marketing. So to me, it didn't really make a difference if I was a VP or director or senior director. Um, To me, it was more about the benefits, the salary, the people I'd be working with. So I didn't negotiate the title for this particular position that I just um, started. Yeah, I had a very different experience. What about you, Sarah? Yeah, I, th- I think it's so interesting just hearing people talk about this. I feel like I don't hear it very often. So it's um, it's so interesting. I uh, was kind of in the same position, actually, Lisa. I did not negotiate the title. I would say I feel like title is like the last thing I kind of negotiate, I feel like. And I'm kind of processing in my brain as to why. I don't know if that's intentional as of my history. Um, But yeah, so I started a new job a couple months ago now, almost a couple months ago. And I'm a marketing programs manager. And I was in a manager title before. And, you know, it's like the weird manager title where you don't manage people, you just manage programs, which if you'd asked Sarah 10 years ago, if that was the case, I would be like, what? Um, That makes no sense. 
but that's just the way things are. Yeah, it was kind of the same thing. It was like, this is the position that we have. And I was like, that's great. It's a, it's a lateral title, but I was interested in, in learning more from the program side and expanding that than um, necessarily like moving up or moving or like uh, managing people. So it, again, did not really like cross my mind as a negotiation point because I feel like it's not, it's harder to negotiate, which, you know, reference back to our last episode of me not being the best negotiator anyway. And next time I'll be way more prepared anyway. But yeah, just uh, how about you? How, what was your experience like? And then I'm curious to hear you guys' thoughts on negotiating title too. Oh, for sure. I didn't even think about negotiating title, but I think as it was made very apparent uh, from our last episode, first off, Sarah, you did a great job negotiating. All right. You were a representative of how a lot of people end up negotiating, but I, it's not something I've negotiated before, truly. For me personally, when I started looking for a job this time, I kind of did a really broad search. So my former title was strategic marketing manager, which was a very general role. I did manage people in that role. And I started looking for manager, marketing manager roles, and I kept finding product marketing manager roles getting served up. Apparently, if you're a product marketing manager, now's the time to find a job because everybody's looking for one of you. Um, <laughs> that is not my personal expertise, but that was what time and time again, I would get served up. And so I finally started getting a little bit more specific about what I was looking for. And my history in marketing has been a lot more aligned with content. And so I ultimately found a role as the content strategy manager. And so now, like Sarah, I'm not managing people. I'm managing more process and managing programs. But it truly hasn't dawned on me to negotiate title, which is very bizarre to think that we, we get very fixated on negotiating like benefits or salary, but we kind of just take title at face value. It seems. Yeah. I think that one's a little trickier. Um, I'm kind of putting my, like my, my hiring manager hat on and, you know, you do so much if, if you've done your job, right. You've done a lot of, you know, you've done the comp analysis, you know, the titles that fall within the salary range, what you have approval for. And so I think that's a little bit of a trickier one, not that it can't or shouldn't be done. Something I like to ask when I'm interviewing is, so what is what does growth look like? Is there room for what is that next step for this title? Is there is there a, a director, senior director, VP, so that I know? Because if I'm going into it with a lateral title or maybe even a demotion in title, that's not necessarily the end of the world. But if continuing to uh, increase through the rankings in that company with with different titles is important. I think that's a fair question to ask through the interview process and probably early on too, so that you know if, you know, the last role I was in, the director was the highest title. There wasn't, they didn't have VPs in that company. So that was okay with me. Then, you know, it's like, okay, so I have some authority and decision-making capability, but I, I've never, I've never negotiated with, with title. I think that I, maybe I've been too intimidated or afraid to thinking that, if somebody were to ask me that when I was interviewing them, that that would be a hard thing for me to probably change in that far in the process. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think that does bring up a good point, though, of 
when you're interviewing, trying trying to like track out that growth path for yourself isn't a question that you should shy away from as far as kind of understanding where that title falls within um, the organization mm-hmm. or even just like specifically the team. You know, a marketing team has maybe a marketing coordinator and then somebody at a specialist level and then somebody at a manager level and then, you know, so on and so forth up from there. So it's helpful to kind of understand where the personal, like where that specific company views those titles falling and how that all plays into um, whatever team you're joining. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lisa, do you feel like you were talking about like the comp buckets that you kind of find when you when you do your your homework about like who you're hiring and all of that? Do you feel like that is influenced at all by like the little things in title? Like if you were, you know, hiring just like for a flat out manager and someone was like arguing up or not arguing up, but negotiating up for like a senior like label tacked onto that. Do you feel like that influences your bucket of compensation or does it end up being like they level each other out like an either or? Yeah, my experience has been I've I've always had to work with HR to do the comp analysis through, I think that you guys had talked about this on your last podcast about salary negotiations through like software where there's subscriptions and you get the market value for the different roles. And obviously, the more specialized the role, then usually the compensation follows. So I usually get a range and then, um, you know, find out what is average for that. So there's wiggle room. And so I, I think it depends on the title too, right? Like, Somebody who's a, a coordinator and looking for a senior coordinator, I think that's probably an easier ask versus a manager to a senior manager. Like there's generally a, a bit of a stretch in terms of salary or maybe other compensation like vacation and things like that that come with it. So I think if it's if it's maybe non-manager titles and maybe lower titles in, in like the company's hierarchy, yeah, I think there, there probably is more wiggle room there. Interesting. Good to know. I've never really hired anyone before. Um, so it's good to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair. I've only ever been part of like an interviewing process, but never had to do the behind the scenes approval and like research component. It's a lot. Yeah. And it's important, right? Because you want to make sure that you know, coming in what people are expecting. I've certainly been in positions in, in previous roles where uh, we had a range and people were interviewing and the range was like double. I'm like, whoa, that's more than I make. So that's probably, you know, that that's not going to happen. And and not to stray too far off topic, but I've had a few recent interview experiences where I really appreciated very early on in the interview process that the recruiter or the hiring manager actually told me the range. So I knew, like, no no gray area. Um, and before any of us committed or went too much farther down the the path, here's the range. Is that going to be accessible for you? And I was like, wow, that's fantastic. I love knowing that. And I think that's, I think that's the way to, to do it and have that transparent communication with your, with your candidates so that people can weigh those decisions. Like, hey, this is not the same title. It's a demotion, but the salary totally falls within the range that I'm looking for. So I'm, I'm going to open to considering this. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot from a hiring manager standpoint of just being a little bit more open. And that lends itself well to Really, just if you haven't listened to our last episode, you should go back and listen to it now. But the fact that like there is a lot of work that is put on the candidate, which is understandable to an extent, like the candidate needs to advocate for themselves and make sure that they're, you know, negotiating what they want and what they need. But I don't think I've ever interviewed 
for a position where the hiring manager just flat out was like, all right, here you go. This mm-hmm. is the range that you're working with. Is that suitable? Because then it kind of helps too. Like if it's not for the candidate, if it's not enough or if it's not realistic, you're not going to waste any more time for either party. Yeah. Yeah. It actually caught me off guard. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So we've kind of touched on this a little bit because we all obviously work at different companies. And previously we've had experiences uh, with various job titles, but why do we think that job titles vary so much between company? I don't know, or between companies. I don't know if we can answer this, but just based on your experience, what have you seen? Yeah, I think for me, a couple of things, the, the maturity of the company, meaning how long has the company been around? I think that definitely has an impact for larger companies that are uh, maybe more established and have bigger departments. I think that you see uh, more specialized titles uh, for smaller companies or more startup, you'll maybe see more generalist titles. And so I think that's part of the disparity there. You know, you could be a, a director in one company, which is equivalent to a VP or a CMO in another company. And I think that it also is about the company's structure and hierarchy and, and how they want titles to work in their company. I'd say I'm finding more and more companies, the titles aren't as, as impactful. They don't mean as much as they used to as sort of that old school, here's the here's our org chart and here's who you can talk to and here's you know who you go through to get there. I'm seeing less of that, which I personally appreciate because it's more collaborative that way. So the, that's kind of my experience is it really has just depended on the maturity of the company, the size of the company. I've worked for massive, massive companies where I'm a director of marketing, but I'm one of probably 20 directors of marketing. Just I happen to be overseeing kind of the operations of the schools versus digital. and People didn't know the difference between director to director, you know, outside of that company. Yeah, that's so interesting. I've never worked for a company that big. (laughs) No, me neither. When it's that like specialized. In my last company, it was probably the most specialized that I've experienced so far. And it was nice to have everyone in like their own little areas to be experts. And they were, we were like a little bit bigger we had a like a sizable marketing team. I mean, a lot changed in the past year, but we had probably like 15-ish people and it gave everyone like enough room to be experts. And now I'm in a role where like our team is very small. There's like four of us and you have to be way more scrappy. You've got to do everything. And so that's why I went from like a very specialized title to a way more generalized title. So yeah, I totally um, resonate with that. I would say it's interesting I've heard some conversations around titles in multiple companies where people get hung up on just what they've experienced. And I'll hear, you know, my coworkers talking about promotions and things like that. And they end up when they're negotiating for raises, their bosses or whoever they're talking to seem to get caught up in like, oh, well, but if I make you a manager, other people's titles aren't quite as parallel to that. And so that would be really confusing for everyone else. And so I think it's interesting how we kind of like carry that through, I guess. So it's like titles don't matter, but maybe psychologically, we still kind of get hung up on them. Yeah, I experienced that personally when I was advocating for a promotion in a a company and was pretty blatantly told, well, what about your peers in other departments that don't have that title? I thought, well, (laughs) what about them? Are they here talking to you advocating for themselves as well? 
And interestingly enough, we all got promoted at the same time versus just me, because I think there was that thought of, well, if it's one, we've got to do all because people are going to get upset about this. Now it's going to be unbalanced. So I've, I've personally experienced that. And I think it had a lot to do with perception in the company and uh, how others would in, be perceiving promotions and title changes for maybe somebody who hadn't been there as long. I agree. I think it is a lot about perception, a lot about keeping the peace between other employees and your own role, because it can be really challenging for some individuals to accept a peer's promotion. It's unfortunate because you would hope that you would get a lot of support, but it can be challenging for others to see you kind of step up into that role and also sort of understand that while you're the same person, now your responsibilities have changed with a promotion. So maybe also part of it was, all right, if we collectively get everybody onto that next level of a promotion, then everybody understands that there's like equal footing for all and we're not going to get complaints. Like the pessimistic side of me is just kind of like, ugh, whoever was making that decision was just being lazy. <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Like every, not everybody, but a lot of, most people strive to get to that next level. Some people are, are totally fine doing what they're doing and comfortable, and that's great. But I think for me, the biggest thing is having the communication with your manager of knowing, like, what is that path? You know, is there a path for me? And what is that path? And how do I get there? So that if others are getting promoted around you, then you don't feel like you've been sidestepped because you know what your plan is and you know what you have to do to get there. And you bring that up a lot and you talk about it a lot and you evaluate where you're at in that process with your manager, but be the squeaky wheel, be, be on top of it with your, your manager and let them know this is important because at the end of the day, you're, you're going to be the one advocating for yourself for that, that title. Heck yeah. That is a Lisa lesson that I have learned (laughs) from working with you and being mentored by you. So absolutely. And I think that's really valuable for people to hear. And a valuable thing for people to continue talking about too. How do and like take it a step further? Like, how do I advocate for myself? How do I make sure I'm having those conversations? Because, you know, sometimes people try to do that and based on their manager or based on, you know, who the next person is that they would have to talk to, they're maybe not receptive to that conversation, which is unfortunate, uh, but it happens for sure. Oh, yeah. I remember when I first started working for you, Lisa, that was a very early on conversation. Like our first review cycle was pretty early into when I started and you were like, where, where do you want to go? Where, where, where's your title? And what's your next title going to be? Where are you going? And I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> You're like, okay, figure it out. <laughs> yeah. It was cool. It was very helpful. Yeah. I think it's important. I think it gives people goals and focus and something to work towards. And I think that's important for those who, who want that next level. And if they don't, just knowing that and sharing that also with, I think, your, your manager is also helpful. But I think it's just, it comes down to that communication and, and, and knowing what you want to, I think, is important. I think that the, the older I've gotten and the, um, the, I guess, more mature into my career, titles have started to mean less to me. Um, I was pretty hungry for titles uh, earlier on in my career, but it came at a cost. It came at really unhealthy work-life balance it came of having to sacrifice things and compromise some of my beliefs to try to get to that title. And so I've learned about a lot about myself really over the past, I'd say probably five to seven years about what do titles mean to me? 
because it, it meant something different to me much earlier on in my career than it does now. Oof. That is a conversation that Sarah and I have had not that long ago, as far as because we're still so early on, it feels like in our careers and that we were just like, well, what, what title do you want to get to? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what is what is your like endpoint as far as like what you're working towards? And we were talking about it. And it was like, well, I, th- I think I want to get to this level. But I don't want to go higher than that, because I don't want to then deal with XYZ component that comes with that title. But it is it's I've can speak for me personally, it has been very title based, like, all right, what's the next title that I get to? But I think there's a lot of value in not getting so hung up on title, but really focusing in on what is the work? What are your contributions? What's being asked of you? And then prioritizing, do you want to be in a position where you're going to be able to mentor and and manage people? Or is it, you know, you want to make sure that you're able to log off at a reasonable time each day, you know, like what's most valuable to you? I think those are really important questions to look into and and reflect on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and what are expectations of you in different titles in a company? And I know for me, some of the expectations that would have come with some of the higher titles, that just wasn't who I was. And that's not how I wanted to manage or lead people or, or act as a person that people look up to. And so to me, it wasn't worth it. You know, the title wasn't worth it. It wasn't uh, what I aspired to be. And that was, that took a long time. That's some soul searching, but I think it's so important, even as you guys are going through new roles and, and will continue to mature in your careers, you both have grown tremendously in the amount of time that we've all worked together. So I think it's something, and, and that's totally okay if it changes, by the way, like you might both want to be CMOs. Cool. Like reach for that. And Maybe in five years, something changes and that's totally fine too. But I think just kind of asking yourself, what does that look like? And what does that road to success look like? And hey, if it deviates, you hit a fork in the road, no big deal. Great point. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting note that I I wasn't really considering. You know, we're talking about negotiating for title and growth, but there is a lot to be said for just finding the spot where you want to be and enjoying it and then negotiating in other ways or growing in other ways. I know just like you said, we've talked about getting to a point and then not wanting to really go beyond it. But I never really thought of it like that, where it's like, oh, well, I wanted to get here and I can still grow. I just have the same title or I've negotiated in other ways. I'm learning in other ways. I think that's really interesting. That's really good. You know, it was that's a good segue into what we were kind of planning on talking about next about disparities in titles um, between like CMO and VP and director. And I think we've talked about this in kind of a couple of different ways, right? We talked about how at different companies, there's a disparity there, how based on the amount of responsibility, there's a disparity there. A question that I have that's a little bit different, I guess, but similar is how does a title vary based on experience versus talent? Is a title solely tied to time? in you guys's opinion or could someone exceed a kind of like time limit on a title based on just talent alone yeah i think that in marketing the more generalist titles i think that there's still an expectation of amount of time you've done that so you know your vps and your directors but i think more of the specialized titles people are realizing that 
I mean, if you want somebody who's an expert in, in digital marketing, well, they can't have 20 years experience because there wasn't digital marketing. Well, there was digital marketing 20 years ago, but you know, not like the level of expertise that we want them to have now. And I think that that's changing the perception. And if you want somebody who knows about social media, well, then hire the people that have the background, but not necessarily the years of experience. I think that's a a bit of an old school approach to how you hire. And it's, you know, it's got to have this degree and this many years of experience. So I think that that's changing with the more specialized roles. But I, I think the generalists still fall in that bucket a bit of needing years, especially if there is management associated with it, too. I think that that often carries a required several years of experience for most of the roles. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that the way that teams need to be able to incorporate kind of the new things that are happening just in the marketing world and in the world in general, like you have to be able to quickly pivot in order to incorporate new forms of social media. It seems like once a year, there's some, whether it's a new platform or whether it's a new element that's now added to an existing platform and learning how to leverage that for your industry or for like your company based on your industry, I guess is more accurate because not all social media platforms are fitting for every company. I think we can all speak to the fact that none of us are TikTokers. Um, <laughs> nor do we have to be. <laughs> uh come in, Sarah. You're going to be dancing up a storm. No. Um, <laughs> But it does seem there is an element of, I think, those higher level individuals, that CMO and VP and um, director level is needing that seniority component to like really show that you have what it takes to be in that role. Even at like a senior manager role, I think that still is very much a necessity in a lot of organizations. Mm hmm. Well, what was your experience as you were in the job market looking for new roles? Were you finding like years of service were sort of out of whack with like the role in your person, in like your expectation? Yeah. I mean, I felt that it was kind of just such a like odd thing to be searching for a job during these last, you know, I guess we've been technically quarantined and like officially locked down since March. So it's been, you know, almost fully eight months, but I haven't been looking for that long. But once I started truly searching, it was it was interesting to see kind of the write-ups that came along. So not even years of experience, but what the expectations, like what the emphasis was um, for a marketing manager role or even like a strategic role. So I, you know, kind of used that as a keyword, whether it was like content strategy or marketing strategy even dropping the manager title component from my search, it did vary a lot. Like it was maybe anywhere from like three plus years of experience, at least a lot of them were not so much managers of people roles. A lot more of them were just like having that manager title or altogether just dropped it. And a lot of them were looking for knowledge around account-based marketing knowledge around editorial calendars or content strategy frameworks, being able to implement a lot of process around that and do like planning, but also execution. So it's like a wide variety of different things that you were being asked for based on what I ended up seeing, which was interesting because some roles based on title, I was like, whoa, that's a lot of 
requirements and uh, different qualifications that you're asking for in a role where like if I had glanced at it, I maybe wouldn't have thought all of that would have been included. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that when you come across those job descriptions that are asking for the marketing unicorn, which is to understand, you know, digital, social, content, copyright, like everything. I mean, we just don't live in that world anymore where that exists. I mean, you have these specialists because there is really needed skills to understand these roles. And so I think when you run across those job descriptions, to me, those are always like, maybe like little red flags, like, hmm, do they really understand what it takes to do what they're asking for? That this is really three jobs they're asking for one person to do that? And sort of gauge that against, is this a new company? Is this a big company? Is this a small company? You know, who do I think wrote this job description? <laughs> I think those are all things to really look for so that you're not setting yourself up for, for failure because you've bitten off way more than anybody could you. Great point. <laughs> I feel like that's uh, a really good indicator of like maybe where a company is at. You can kind of even just do a <laughs> gut check on, is there organization fully aware of what marketing is and are they supportive of marketing or is this their first time having a marketing role you know depending on the company that could be and that can either be really cool and exciting or it can be something that you turn around and walk away from you know so i think one thing that you had mentioned earlier lisa that i thought was important to note is you know, you've had various titles that have, some have been a little bit higher as far as title wise than what you're currently at. And if there's anything, you know, that you feel is valuable to walk away with from that experience and just like from the thought process that you've utilized when going through evaluating job titles and does it really matter to you versus some other factors? Yeah. I think my my biggest lesson learned is don't throw out a potential opportunity just because of the title. And I have a, a personal experience with that where I had a recruiter actually reach out to me and um, asked me if I was interested in this role. They had told me the title, which at the time would have been a demotion and title for me. I didn't even respond to the recruiter. I was like, ah, I don't want, I don't want, to, I don't want to do that. And then probably a month later, a former boss of mine, he reached out and he said, hey, this recruiter just reached out to me, said, do I know of anyone in your area who might be a good fit for this role? Here's the benefits. Here's the comp. Here's He, he got all of the background on it. And although it was a demotion in title, it was a huge increase in salary. And it had far more autonomy. It was a much, much bigger role than I had at a higher level in in the previous job. And so I was fortunate that it kind of that job made its way back to me so that I was able to actually then, you know, talk to the recruiter and move forward and ended up getting the job. But it was so close to never happening because I was like, no, mm-mm. so, and, and it was a job that was great. You know, I learned a lot. I had, I had an awesome team I was able to build and took a lot of skills away from that role when I left. But I think that's the biggest thing is just 
if it's something that that looks interesting, or even if you're if you're thinking of looking and somebody reaches out to you, or you know you you get an update in your you know uh, Indeed or LinkedIn jobs, you know, and you're like, oh, that could be what is that? You know, it's worth it's worth five minutes. You know, look into it and see what it is. Don't just assume that because it's a demotion and title, it's not going to be an equivalent or even potentially bigger role. That was a, a lesson that I almost learned the really hard way. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. The discrepancies between titles, it makes it so hard to kind of know what you're signing up for and and to judge based on face value. It's like you kind of have to ask a ton of questions, it seems like, to even figure out what it all means. I feel like maybe our key takeaway may be that there's nothing in a name. If the question is what's in a name, title maybe means almost nothing without context. Mm -hmm. Very true. It's so true, unless you know about the company and also know what what you're looking for, what's important to you. If it's if it's salary, that's fine. If it's autonomy, if it's managing people, if it's taking on new projects, you know, what is it? What is it that you're looking for? And if it, you know, the role checks the boxes, then, you know, why not move forward? What's the harm in it? You know, I've had several jobs over the years, all in education, and I don't regret any of them. I've learned so much from all of them. And, and maybe you don't see it at the time, but always looking back, you think, oh, I learned so much, or I I, I met this person that is now a great person in my life, or I've been fortunate to have three three roles that I have had um, are because my former supervisors have come back to me and said, hey, I'm in this new company. I'd love you to come work for me. And so that's been great, right? And in, in, in trusting those people. And and like I said, the role I'm in now is the title just didn't mean as much. And my, my supervisor was very open with me and, and that was okay. But I knew going into it what was going to be important to me. Um, And that just wasn't one of the things that was going to be a deal breaker for me this time around. Heck yeah. I mean, I met the two of you because of working together. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Which has led to like great relationships, great opportunities as far as like employment, great lessons that I've been able to take with me as, you know, we no longer work together, but the lessons learned together have been invaluable. Definitely. All right. Well, I think that. This has been an incredibly insightful conversation with you, Lisa, and I can't thank you enough for joining us um, and agreeing to do the podcast with us. Um, We were so excited when you said yes. And truly, a lot of what you talked about, I think, has not only helped me think of my own personal job title and own personal journey in navigating my career and and what my growth path is, but you have done so much. I know for both Sarah and I, as far as, you know, helping be a great manager and mentor, and we just can't thank you enough for your time and for sharing all of your insight and expertise with us. Thanks for having me. I always love chatting about things with you guys, especially people who have been on my team and, and, watching you guys grow. It's it's awesome. That's the the best thing as a former manager that I could ask for is seeing you guys continue to be happy and, and find roles that are good fits for you. So thanks for having me and allowing, for me, allowing me to chat with you guys. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the content and the conversation that we had. I know we definitely learned a lot. To summarize some of our key takeaways, I think one of the big ones that I took away from today was that title seems to be tied a lot to just our pride and our ego. It's one of those things that's like very externally facing, whereas, you know, maybe your salary isn't or your your actual job duties aren't. So you end up with kind of presenting your personality and who you are tied to, to your title. And I think that 
especially when you're kind of first starting out in your career, that becomes a big part of your identity and you want to grow quickly so that you can show that you're, you know, more mature and that you that you're like growing where you want to where you want to be. And I would say that for me, a big learning lesson is maybe separating your ego from your title and figuring out what's more important to you as you progress up through the rankings. And I know that that is easier to say when you're at the top of the, the ranking and not at the bottom. Um, so there's definitely some like privilege up when you get to a comfortable position in, in title and salary. But I think that that's a very valuable lesson that I learned today, especially going forward in my career. I know I'll take that with me. I agree. I think that stood out to me as well. The other piece that really stood out to me was you kind of mentioned it uh, while we were still talking to Lisa. Mm, job titles don't really matter uh, without proper context. And there's just so much more that factors in. And you can't really count a job title or a job offering or posting or whatever it might be. You can't count it out unless uh, you look a little bit more into it and see if it's the right fit for you. See if it's a company you want to join or a team that you're really excited about joining because there's so much more than what a title, like, you know, what precedes your name and your email signature and that it's okay to think outside the box when it comes to job title and kind of the direction you're trying to go into. I know that we didn't actually record this, but there was some pre-planning and conversation that we had been doing with Lisa that I thought was really valuable that we talked about with starting jobs during COVID and having to onboard remotely and meet your team remotely, that it can be challenging figuring out what job titles and what individuals you're supposed to go to because uh, based on what you need. So I think that's just another file it away under this year being very interesting and unique in the positions that it's put us into as far as having to start a job fully remote where you don't get to fly out and meet your team. But, you know, it's it's interesting. There is still a weight to um, a job title. It's just a matter of figuring out what it means to your organization and figuring out okay, if I'm going to that individual that has a title that has manager in it, is that the right person or should I be going to someone else? It's just, it changes and it varies so much company by company. Right. Got to do your research in every instance within your own company, looking for new jobs. It's, uh, it's complicated. I feel like we've added an extra layer of complication on top, but that's kind of just how it is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Thank you again for listening. Just a reminder to follow us on Instagram. I'm um, not going to really say much about Twitter uh, because if you've been on our Twitter, you'll realize I've completely dropped the ball. Um, But Instagram, that's a great place to find us at LadyDatePod. We also have a Patreon, which you can get you know, access to shout out. If you want us to shout your name out uh, during an episode, we will. Um, We also have an option to purchase our Lady Date stickers and you can gain access to any sort of footage that we cut from recordings that didn't make it into the final cut. You can get access to that exclusive commentary and recording. You can't get it anywhere else. Find us on social. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Tell all your friends and family about our podcast. And thank you so much 
for your support. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Bye.